0: Welcome to Offshore Explorer with Scott Dodgson. Um, Today we're going to tackle a subject um, that a lot of us don't know a lot about, but it has a pretty big effect on our boats and how we go about doing our business on boats. And that is surveys and surveyors. Um, I'm going to get into some nitty gritty on that. I want to thank um, all the people that have uh, been so generous in purchasing both my short story, The Mosaic Artist, and uh, my uh, novella, The Casket Salesman. They're available on Amazon, Amazon Books, and Kindle. You can get them actually for free on Kindle, part of a marketing plan. But I just had a big... Big thing happened. I have one of my short stories that, uh, if you remember going back, uh, the importance of place when I talked about semi Greece, I wrote it as a short story and it's been published. Very excited. It's been published in uh, Live Encounters, a very worthy and um, upscale uh, magazine. It's in the uh, American uh, Poets and Writers uh, edition this month, and the Mark Ulysses, who I send out a big uh, thank you to, and uh, my dearest and probably oldest friend, uh, David Rigsby, who you remember, we did a show with David uh, talking about poetry in the sea. And David did that, so it's been published, and it's a it's a big deal for me to have a short story published, and I'm very very happy about it. Uh, the music opening was uh, Paulette McWilliams. Paulette's doing fantastic. She has her new album; it's sort of rolling along right now. Um, a Woman's Story. Um, I urge you all to sort of take a peek at it. She's also done a couple of uh, um, comp. Um, uh, concerts and some songs that you could find on YouTube. I'll put the links in the in the uh, descriptions. But this is uh, the first uh, podcast in the first uh, of, of January. And um, a lot of stuff is going on. An awful lot of stuff. I think it's going to be a really great year. I want to keep my head up. But one of the things uh, that kind of got me thinking about this is that there's always the first person you get to meet first professional maritime person you get to meet um usually is a surveyor especially when you go to buy a boat the surveyor it's like who is this guy or gal um what are the regulations, what's going on, where where do I stand, I'm a buyer, it's to protect me, is it really, and you know, there's a lot of questions that one might have about being a surveyor, and that's what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what surveying is, and the regulations, and how that fits into both uh, buying, say, a 27-foot sailboat, to um, buying a 200-foot mega yacht. So the question is: Is why is there a survey? How do I use it? Um, and what reasons are there to follow the surveyor around when he's actually doing his work? Something I really recommend because surveyors do their job by they're inspecting every aspect of your boat, and there is a system that the surveyor does and he's got a form he's checking stuff off and at the end of the day he's going to have a list of things that probably need to be fixed or addressed at some point point. and it's real important to be able to as a new boat owner or a future boat owner to be able to understand what he's looking at um, how he's going about it and where we're finding, you know, the problems and how does that affect you um, and the price and the insurance and all the rest of that. So it's a big, surveyor is a big deal because that's your first real legal piece of paper that um, will follow the boat. Now there's something I want to emphasize here for every, uh, every boat owner is to keep a very accurate log, a maintenance log, uh, a travel log, event log, a weather log. Now, if you're only using the boat on say on the weekends or once a month or you're living aboard, writing um, in your log every day seems sort of um, it, it just seems hard to do. you know, it's just like I don't have really anything to say. But that's why logs are logs. Um, They're there so that you record your daily activity on the boat and the maintenance. And part of the log will be the surveyor's report. And you can address in your logbook how to deal with the notations that the surveyor has uh, written down and suggestions on how to... Or what things to repair and to make your uh, to make your ship uh, ship shape. So that's a very key thing. So I'm, I want to emphasize the logbook, logbook, logbook. Even if you're not leaving the dock, you go down, right, You know, I showed up uh, Tuesday, January fourth, zero um, nine thirty, and I uh, I did. You know, check the bilge, check the oil. Make sure that the batteries had water in them. Blah 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 blah. I did the maintenance, whatever, and I went home at uh, one thirty after having lunch. Period. Done. You don't have to be. It's not. It's not a journal. You're not there saying, you know, you know, my wife won't let me go out with the boys, and I can't play poker, and, and that stuff is. That's not for a log. That's for a journal. So it's just very dry, very short, you know. This is my location. This is the time. This is what I did. This was the weather. This is it. I was at the dock. I haven't moved the boat in two months. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. But you write in it every day. And the reason this is important, is really important, is a detailed logbook is probably the most important tool that you have in your toolbox for when you go to sell the boat because a buyer is going to come they're going to look and if there's no logbook it's just a thing and you know the value of the work that you put into it is not going to be seen okay because you're going to want to get money back for the value that you put in the boat and this is a mistake a lot of people make because if you have a really good logbook that's detailed that says yeah, I replaced this um, this pump, um, you know, on December 10th, you know, 2020. And its service life is, you know, X. And I've been, um, you know, I've been out to sea and it's been running Y and all the rest of this stuff. You know, a, a smart buyer is going to come and say, okay, that pump, that pump is in good shape you know, that one, that's good. So that's a positive. And you want to do that. You know, you can do that, you know, replaced sails on, you know, August 14th, you know, cut a new jib, went from quarter ounce to half ounce, uh, you know, all sorts of little details like that. Anytime you bring something down to the boat, you know, it should go into your, either your maintenance log or your regular log. And oftentimes the log books have those right there. So this is In general, this survey, or surveyors, and the the logbook are the papers that go with the boat. And I think a lot of people sort of dismiss this. But if you're sailing a boat that is uninspected, okay, which most pleasure boats are uninspected. I mean, you can go and get your you know, Coast Guard Auxiliary uh, inspection. They're going to do certain things. They're going to look at certain things, but it's not what I would call, it's a safety inspection as opposed to a mechanical inspection. And there's a lot of different things that go into what is um, is an inspection. So basically, it's a periodic survey, okay? And they're carried out to ensure basically safety, and seaworthiness. Those are the overall uh, concepts of what a survey does. And there's so many maritime laws, and they're becoming very, uh, more and more stringent, and um, with every passing year, um, so seagoing vessels, whether, you know, you're just, uh, you know, going through, out in the Chesapeake Bay, or you're in New York, or you're Bar Harbor, or you're you know, you're down in the Keys, or you're off the coast of uh, Galveston, whatever the case may be. Wherever you're sailing, don't forget the Great Lakes. Um, it's important that you meet some of the minimum requirements. Now, I want to say this is that I can. I'm going to get into some detail that really applies um, specifically to larger ships. Um, to tankers, uh, to container ships, um, any large commercial vessel that is required to have an inspection. Um, my, uh, my buddy Tim B. at Sea, who's got the great YouTube channel and runs a tugboat and talks about some of these details a lot of times, um, this, is, is, this is a part of what being a professional captain is. Now, not everybody that's listening to this this show is a professional captain or wants to be a professional captain, but there is a lot of value in understanding, because it's all interconnected, is understanding the, the scope of what these uh, compliance measures are so that you can feel safe and confident and calm of mind no matter where you sail and no matter what kind of weather you're in. So, an annual survey is classified by what they call a society. And it's a part of the ship's uh, trading eligibility. Um, So, they have to have um, uh, periodic surveys and certifications by each one of the classification societies, which is in um, the IMO, which is the International Maritime Organization. And you've got to have the regulations met, and you have to have the endorsements. I will say that when I started to, I took over uh, running a Perini Navi right out of the yard. I helped uh, actually survey build it, and I'll talk about that in a second, that um, I had to meet so many regulations for that vessel, which was 160 feet long. It was a sailboat. And um, yeah, big boy, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yacht. Absolutely beautiful. And the builder, of course, is building, Perini Navi was building to all the specs that were necessary um, to get the boat certified. Because without the certification, you can't get insurance. And without insurance, you can't leave port. So for these types of vessels, you have to have all the certifications, and they fit in one big folder. And this is a big part of being a captain. It's a big part of having a boat, is keeping the paperwork, um, logbook, um, certifications, classifications, and compliances. And you often will get the like notices once you get set up. You'll get notices on your vessel all, or you know things to beware on your vessel. Um, in terms of um, fire extinguishers or lifeboat equipment and all the rest. So you have all these various certificates and trust me, they, they will come once you get into it, the surveyor will help you set up um, to see where your, your vessel is going to meet um, the regulations. But some of the key things is the key things are uh, first of all, safety equipment the safety equipment survey is a very important one it applies to anybody with whether it's an inspected boat or non-inspected boat and safety equipment survey means uh, fire extinguishers having those up to date it means having um the inboard fire extinguishers um that are built in checked and serviced it requires um all the electrical stuff and the connections for electrical to see if there's a fire. The one thing that scares me the most on a boat is electrical. It's not sinking. It's, it's not howling winds, and it's not giant seas, okay? Those I can manage. Um, I can't manage a fire. I had a very good friend who is a skipper, and he had just taken delivery for his owner of two uh, hundred and forty foot mega yacht, um, beautiful, beautiful uh, vessels, all fiberglass vessel. And they were moving across the Ionian Sea. They had just come out of the Corinth Canal in Greece, which is should be on your bucket list to go see at least, and maybe go through because it is just it's freaky. Um, I mean, I believe the, um, widest boat that can get through is, uh, 43 feet. Um, it seems awfully small, even when you're taking a small boat. Uh, I took a, uh, Falcon 90 through there one time and, um, with the, sh- the sheer walls and the dirt and it seems very soft and it seems almost, uh, um, it seems almost temporary, but it's, it's not temporary. It's been there for a very long time. I don't know the exact age, but it was literally dug by hand. Um, and uh, it's, it's a really interesting place, and it sort of separates between one part of Grace to another part of Grace. But I only bring this up because a lot of uh, moving between countries, um, sometimes you get inspected. Very important that you have all your papers together, and one of the key things to remember is your flag um, is is the designator for the rules and regulations. So, if you're an American flagged boat or vessel, okay, you go by the American um, standards. Uh, If you're British flag boat, you go by the British flag boat. If you, whatever, if you're some other boat, you go by some other flag, whatever the country is. Because all the countries have gotten together and they're called flag states and they have set up a, an international rule. This is what the IMO is, International Maritime Organization, so that all the uh, requisite certificates and reval- revalidations or issues are all within international regulations. Um, I mean, they go down to things like the height of uh, your safety lines, the length of your fire hose, um, the size nozzle on your fire hose, for example. All of these things have have been all developed. There's, you're, you, there's still nuances between American, British... Um, Canadian for whatever Mexican, but for the most part, the average boater is not going to have to deal with that. This is this is something that has to deal with the um, with the um, mercantile fleet, uh, you know, container ships and tankers, etc. But you you never know when you're going into a port that you're not going to have a port captain who's going to have uh, a little axe to grind, and he's going to see you and. He's going to start whipping out these regulations for his country and saying, "Oh, you, we're going to, you know, come, you know, do your boat, pound your boat in, blah, blah blah because you don't meet these regulations." You know, I had a incident like that in um, uh, Morocco, where uh, I had a a port captain literally try to tell me that there was um, all these discharge um, regulations um, and that he, he had the right to change whatever the pumps were and the, the size of the uh, discharge hoses. And, I mean, just like all sorts of silly-ass shit. But he knew, and I knew, that I was an American flagboat boat and the regulations for which I was operating under were American. And this is an important thing to remember whenever you go because there are people who know the regulations and there are people in foreign ports that have a little, you know, they're, they're not so um, happy to see you or so genuine and nice um, and they just want to make your life rough. So understanding what it is that you, you, you're dealing with and understanding what the bases are will give you the ammunition to um, move forward and, um, you know, resolve whatever situation you have. So understanding the flag, that's important. Um, so what is a surveyor actually looking for? Well, the primary thing a surveyor is looking for is construction. How well your boat, um, you know, in terms of structural strength, uh you know, what it, if there's excessive corrosion on, de, on the deck and hull fittings? Um, the condition of watertight doors, um, bilge pumps, drainage systems, fire protection equipment, and fixed and portable uh, fire equipment. It's sort of the general list. So let's take structural stuff. Now, a lot of us sail with a fiberglass bottom vessel. And uh, you'll notice that the the surveyor, after the boat is hauled, is hauled out, will go along the hull of the boat, and he will be tapping the um, the hull with a little hammer and listening to what the uh, results are. And what he's looking for are blisters. Um, blisters are indication of the quality of the fiberglass. Do all boats get blisters? No blisters can come with a lot of older boats um, it's where water gets up underneath um, the, uh, the fiberglass itself the layer of fiberglass and creates a blister now the way you get those blisters out is you know just like popping is it you, you pop them, grind it and then fill it and, that's, and then smooth it and that's how you do it um, very simple you can have a lot of blisters you can have really small blisters Can have some giant blisters. Um, I had actually my rudder, which is something people don't often check. They're busy looking at the hull, but you know, all the rudders usually have, uh, no matter what the shape of the the rudder is, they will have a stainless steel um, bar that goes through to hold the rudder to the the steering vane. And inside that uh, it's fiberglasses around the uh, stainless bar and sometimes water gets in there. I had that happen with mine and I had very large uh, very large rudder. and water got in there and it, and it took uh, I mean I must have worked for about three days and grinding that sucker um, and literally almost came to the point where I was actually rebuilding it. And it's a very important because water, Can get in between if it's not perfectly sealed correctly. Could get in between the uh, uh, stainless bar that is connecting it to the boat, right? And in the fiberglass. And as a friend of mine had happened, his he was off the coast of uh, actually he was off the Azores, and in a Beneteau, and his rudder broke. Stainless that stainless steel bar that creates the rudder that comes down from the from the boat itself. It broke um, because of water damage inside the stainless bar itself, and he lost his rudder while at sea in the middle of the night. He eventually he eventually made it in. Um, if you know the Beneteaus, they have that nice sort of. Uh, curved platform at the bottom behind the and on the stern of the boat so he put on uh his dinghy motor on there and he used his dinghy motor as sort of a rudder and he managed to get into the Azores ended up having to wait for six months to literally get a uh rudder and decided to to stay in Horta and he he still lives in Horta of of all that so that's a kind of a Funny story, how that happened, but that's sort of the main thing the that, that the guys, the surveyor is going to be looking for on the outside. Um, he's going to be looking at uh, your control and steerage cables. Um, this is also a very very important thing. Inspect the uh, stainless steel wires. Now, I said previously that it's important for you to follow behind him and to take notes. You're going to get a survey report. It's going to say. You know, okay, you have to uh, replace the uh, DC pump on the hydraulics. Okay, it's going to say that, uh, let's say the um, um, the little belt that runs the DC pump that moves the hydraulic arm for your rudder is, is defective. Okay, it needs to be replaced. Well, you can write that down on your own. He's going to write it down for you but this is something that it, you have an expert looking at your boat in detail okay some of the stuff don't get me wrong some surveyors are good some surveyors are bad most are pretty good okay i i actually was what they call a captain's surveyor it's it's a thing that happens in europe in which not only was i a surveyor and i took all the courses um, but I was considered a captain's surveyor. So what I did was I was a surveyor that represented the owner on building a boat. Now I have built I, would, I have built close to eight boats from scratch um, where I have been the captain and sort of behind the yard in watching them build a boat. And they have all sorts of clever tricks in the yard to do stuff. That you don't get the value of your boat that you want, where you think it should be stainless steel, um, like it, the exhaust out of uh, out of the engines was made of regular steel instead of stainless steel, the the exhaust tubes, and a year later they they rotted out and blew up. So it was just because the the yard manager who was very clever knew that they would last about a year a year and that nobody would really inspect them because they're all wrapped in in heat-proof uh, fabric and asbestos and blah, 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 and you'd never see it, and he'd be long gone um, from that. So that was that was a lesson to be learned. I learned uh, also the fact that uh, when um, the shortcuts one can take when putting a new engine in and aligning the shaft to the prop Um, there's a lot of little tricks and shimmies and stuff like that that can happen and and it'll pass inspection it'll even pass going out and doing sea trials and stuff like that but about a year or two two years later you'll find your engine is sort of misaligned to the transmission and you don't know why, it's because they use these cheap little shimmies and they compress over time and weight and, and vibration. And they throw, your, they throw your shaft off. And uh, going into the transmission, the transmission too. That was with a, with a, uh, a Z drive. So this is the sort of stuff that, that a good surveyor will be able to see. Another thing a surveyor is going to do is look at all the electrical. Um, He'll go to the panel. He'll see how, you know, how well it's wired, um, whether the connectors are clean. um, Is there any water damage? Is there a leak from the deck down into uh, the electrics? Um, Lots of different things. No. He'll go through every single closet, look in the closet, look for water damage. Because water damage in the closet going to indicate that the deck has got a leak in it. Very hard to see uh, if you've got teak on your deck, um, if there's any leaks. Um, on my boat, on my CT, um, if I came in on a port tack and I anchored and uh, it rained... Uh, it would leak in the aft cabin. If I came in on a starboard tack and anchored and it rained, it wouldn't leak. Go figure. I spent a fortune until I eventually pulled all the teak off the deck and replaced it in trying to stop this mysterious and weird leak. And you'll find that this is the case of a lot of uh, boats. Boats move, they flex. It's expected. Another area that he'll be looking at is your watertight uh, hatches. Um, you know, how is the rubber around your watertight hatches? How does your does your hatch fit tight? Is it snug? Is it you know? Is it going to be able to take the water? As well as going through the rigging, the lines, the service of the lines, what the blocks look like. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're going to buy, especially a specially used sailboat, for example. You know, there's going to be a lot. The boat probably has been sitting for a while and, you know, maybe a long time. Maybe it wasn't used very often. And that's the worst thing can happen to a sailboat or to a powerboat is not being used. Um, they all run better and you require less maintenance uh, when they're constantly running. Um, I found that over the 18 years that I was chartering and sailing back and forth across the Atlantic and the Mediterranean, that um, my systems and how dry my boat was, and of course, I was constantly, you know, it, trying to improve on things and, and, you know, change things and make them better and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, um, it, using the electricity, using the pumps, and using everything else um, actually was very, very good for the boat itself. Um, And I never had any problems with things like rust. Um, You know, it's always very aware of galvanic um, corrosion um, and, you know, replacing, you know, the sacrificial um, zinc plates, you know, all that sort of stuff. You, You get into a system, you get into this the system on how to maintain your boat, and if you're at it regularly, um, it becomes a lot easier. It does take attention, but it becomes a lot easier. And this is the reason why you need to keep a logbook. Because I'll tell you, the surveyor, if there's a good logbook, the surveyor will go and look at the logbook. And if it's if it's right, the logbook's right, he's just going to pass an eye over it. Just, car- just look at things, make sure it's okay, because he'll know that this boat was really taken care of. You know, it's a little bit like a car in a sense. You know, you can always tell whose car has been kept in in good in good shape. Now, the next thing is um, besides the fire equipment and keeping your uh, your fire extinguishers up to date. And and look, I know it's so easy to forget about your fire extinguishers, and it's like such a pain in the ass what to do with your fire extinguishers. But if you get bored, say the Coast Guard board you, they're going to check your fire extinguishers and what the dates are. You've got, you just keep them up. It's just, it's important. You, you may end up using them. Um, I have knocked on wood in the 40 some 50 years that I've been sailing, never had a fire on board. And um, I've always tried to keep my fire extinguishers up. That's, that was like always the lifeline right there. Now another uh, important part of the surveyor's job is looking at drainage. Um, you know a lot of times we don't we don't think about that. You know if you look at the overfills, um, if you look at the the heads um, and how they operate and where does it you know where is the, the the stuff go? You know, how are the pipes? Are they, you know, odor-free? Uh, you know, is the water, how's the water? What's the water tank like? Is the water tank grounded if it's, if it's stainless steel? There's these all these little details that you may not be aware of when you're first buying a boat. You may just think, oh, that's great. And then you see this green wire and you don't know what it is. And it's a grounding wire. Everything's gotta be grounded in the boat. And the surveyor will if he's if he's really prudent and good, he will look at every single ground wire to make sure that they're up to to code and to regulations that they're that they're clean, they're attached firmly. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you get struck by lightning and I've been struck by lightning, um grounding your boat is gonna be it's gonna be the most important thing you've ever done, so this is something you can keep up. And a surveyor will tell you if that needs to be, you know, looked at. And sometimes they come up with big projects for you. And when you first get a boat, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna have projects, um, whether they're old boats or new boats. Um, I built a uh, San Lorenzo uh, 120, and uh, we had a million projects um, after we took delivery of the boat. Um, and I'm talking about like electrical projects. I mean, not rebuilding stuff, but just sort of, uh, fine tuning, um, the boat. Um, for example, they did this really weird thing. And if I hadn't been in the yard, I would have never figured it out. I ended up having a, um, all the electricity in the, in the galley stopped, just shut off. And it was uh, it was a um, fuse. Well, I had to get out the drawings and look for the fuse, but I remember having been in the yard every day and watched them put in all the panels, watch them, you know, build the interior of the of the boat and all the rest of that. I remember that there was a panel that was in the dining room behind where we had uh, at the at that time a. Um, uh, a cabinet where we kept dishes in and I had to move the cabinet and I had to get into this, um, uh, little porthole that was sort of talked to you wouldn't have ever seen it. Um, even if you under close examination, found it, opened it up, pulled the door off, um, opened up the, the steel door and there was all the fuses for the galley in, in and it was just like so I replaced the fuse. But then I had to go find what caused this. And that turned out to be something that was going with the generator. And then there was another problem with the shore power. So there's endless things, even with a new boat, there's always endless things to be going through. Um and there's a very important thing with shore power that that the surveyor will look at all your shore power shore power cables. And connections um, to the dock box and, you know, just to see. And one of the things he's going to be checking for is not the um, two prongs, but the grounding prong um, to see if there's any sort of heat um, signature or some, uh, some destruction going on because the ground off those dock boxes is usually the first thing that goes. And it'll cause a fire. And you don't want that to happen to your boat. So whether you're just a day sailor or you're going out um, to cruise the world, um, there's a lot to be learned, a lot of things to understand. Um, I think one of the key things, too, is is, uh, go get your captain's license. Sit and take the courses. Um, If you get a six-pack license, it's great. You'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot about uh, how to navigate, and I'll get into a little bit more navigation uh, in the coming uh, podcasts. But, uh, you know, just get your sea time. Start developing your sea time. Um, learn, learn the things that the big boys on the big boats know. Because all that's going to do, that's going to service you and make it feel, feel you so good. You know, you're going to know what the pollution thing is. That placard that you always have about pollution on the boat, you know, study it. Get to know it. Know what it means, okay? It will help you avoid a lot of serious problems. Um, Know what MARPOL is. It's the International Convention for the Prevention of Pollution on Ships. And get to know what the International Maritime Organization is about. There's a lot of really wonderful things to do, but the surveyor is your first uh, person that you meet, and he will be the first person that um, opens the world to you on professional uh, maritime characters. And I think it's really important that you understand it. Um, Not be afraid of it. So in a quick recap, When you're going to buy a boat and the surveyors be there, ask the surveyor questions. Um, He's going to make a list for you, um, whether, and he's going to give you a valuation of what he thinks the boat is. Um, This can be good. This could be bad. Just depends. It's up to the seller to make it, but the valuation will be what the insurance company goes by. And if you improve the boat, uh, make sure you have the surveyor come back and take a look at it. Um, I, like to, I like to haul my boat out. Uh, I was using it extensively, so I was hauling my boat out approximately once a year just to make sure that the uh, bottom was clean and there was nothing, uh, nothing wrong with the boat. Um, I would do an extensive detailed survey myself. Um, I've done that with uh, mega yachts. Um, big job Um, lots of paperwork keep your log your log's going to make your boat worth more at the end of the day and that's about all I have to say about surveying Um, I want to thank you all for uh, tuning in Um, please remember to um, go to Amazon and pick up my books, I'd be greatly appreciated and um, if you want to check out the new article, new short story um, the importance of place. Um, you can find that at live encounters and it's, um, a online, uh, literary magazine. Um, it's always great to get sailing stories in literary magazines. Um, it's kind of a rare bird for literary magazines. And, um, we'll be back, um, we'll be back in two weeks. Got a couple of more things going on. Um much appreciate it uh, shout outs to uh, Paulette McWilliams um, and her album and I want to thank you for listening please um, like please comment if you're listening on Apple please leave us a note an apple note or you can reach me on dot org where all the podcasts are listed and you can write a uh, direct mail to me from there as a suggestion of topics or anything you want to say thank you safe sailing